I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey guys, we are doing a few updates here with our alumni who we love dearly. And we hope all of you guys are staying healthy, safe, and staying at home during this quarantine. And hope you enjoy listening to a few of our previous guests telling you what's been going on in their life since they did their interview. Here are some updates for the quarantine versions of And The Writer Is. Um, let's start this thing. Ladies and gentlemen, Ashley Gorley back on And The Writer Is, this time the quarantine version. Uh, here with uh, Peter Pugman, my newest writer. As you the can, mascot. The mascot, the company mascot. Um, yeah. How have you been, man? I mean, since you, uh, since we did your interview, you... Uh, you managed to have, you know, a, a two or three more years maybe already of winning Ask <laughs> I mean, Yeah, man. It's, really, it's Yes. Very crazy. Very fortunate. Um, it's been a good, it's been a good uh, couple of years since we've talked last for sure. Um, why, why do you keep going this hard? <laughs> like why, why <laughs> do you feel like you need to keep going at this pace? Yeah, you know, I don't have um, a good slow gear, I guess. You know what I mean? Like, whatever I'm going after, I always tend to kind of hit it at 100. So that's just kind of a habit. Um, you know, it's like the more the more songs I write, the more I want to write. So once I get in, in the zone, then I tend to, to go pretty hard. But there's still a lot of things. I just love doing it, you know? So it's not necessarily chasing a, a writer of the year goal or whatever. I just love working with all the different artists and uh, writing all the different kinds of songs I have in my head. So I just have a tendency to write a lot. Do you run out of ideas? Um, yes, sometimes. Um, I, some, something always tends to come from somewhere. I never, I never quit or like uh, submit to writer's block. I just wait for somebody else to have an idea or I'll just start yelling out words and melodies. You know, like something, something will usually happen. Um, it's not great that we just try to make up for it with an amazing you know, melody or something like that. But, but yeah, I haven't ran completely out yet, thankfully. The tank's not on E yet. Where are you? <laughs> I, I am in Destin, Florida. We came here a couple of weeks ago. Here's the ocean there behind me. But we came here a couple of weeks ago for spring break, and then the world you know, fell apart. It got really scary, still is. And we decided we were safe, safer just to huddle up here since we hadn't been around anybody. Um, and so we've been here for a couple of weeks. We plan on staying at least another week. The kids are doing school on the same thing we're doing this on right now on Zoom, uh, which is so weird. Looks like some crazy futuristic stuff. So they're all scattered in the house, uh, being taught and can see all their classmates on this program. 
So they're doing that. So they just advise everybody kind of stay where they feel safest. And right now uh, we can be outside here. We can just, you know, either order food. We've just been cooking every meal here. So it's, it's been an interesting time, but it's pretty fun. Are you able to, um, do you have to turn off being there for you who goes a million miles an hour? Are you able, are you forced to, to slow down or are you actually finding this to be still a creative time? Yeah. Well, the, the one thing that does make me slow down is, is time with my family on things like this. So I can definitely kind of unplug from, uh, from chasing it. Now there's always texts and calls and I have, I have writers like you and a company to run as well. So there's always some things to deal with, uh, with that, con- with that being concerned. But I've, I did one zoom, write One day I uh, did a couple songs, kind of spent the whole day, um, fixing songs and writing songs on zoom with different people. So I've only done that one day since I've been gone. Sorry to interrupt. How, how did it go? Uh, it was fun. It was funny. Everybody was putting crazy stuff in the background. Um, Thomas Rhett was on the right, uh, was, was part of the co-write and put a big picture of me as his background, some goofy picture. So uh, it kept it interesting, but it was good. It kind of made for, there wasn't a lot of downtime and everybody kind of noodle around. It was like, ready, set, go. What do you think? And then next person like, what about this? You know? So it was like a little bit more of a condensed version of a right uh, when we were doing it. I like seeing everybody I like being in the room and kind of bouncing around, you know, I don't like to sit still. So it was honestly tough for me, but you know, you got to do what you got to do. You guys get a good song out of it. Yeah, we got, we got a good one. It's um, so with even just the latency, I would imagine playing piano and somebody singing a melody over that or a guitar must be complicated. Or is it just sort of one person goes and sort of leads the way and everybody helps them out? Yeah, it's a little messy for a little while, but once we kind of know the chord structure and basic melody, then everybody kind of grabs an instrument. Like I had a guitar, which I usually don't have uh, when I write. I, I like to have nothing and just kind of run around and, and, and just, you know, sing in the microphone or whatever. But um, in this case, we all kind of had the guitar so we could play, hey, what if it goes like this and kind of be on the same page? So it, it was different, but it all worked. It really made you pay attention to, to the melody and the lyric, I think, even more when you're all separated and and kind of singing the whole thing back to each other. So it was a really interesting thing. It's, it's, been, it's been funny to talk to my, um, my writers, the Write for Tape Room, and just see how it's going. Some of them were like, man, I don't, it's going to be terrible, and now they, now they love it. So just like most things, most uh, technologies, they seem crazy at first, and then they, they're cool after two or three times you get used to it. This last year, you had you know one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine number one songs, I think, and none of them were with the same artist. Yes, which is super unusual. Even for you, most of them you have you know three with one artist or four with one artist. You rarely have nine number one songs with nine different artists. Yeah. How- that happen? Are you writing with the artists? Are you pitching the songs? I mean, everyone I'm sure has their own story, but how does this happen? Yeah, you know, I mean, the thing I always like kind of in every aspect of my life is variety. I like, I have to have a lot of things happening at once to stay uh, entertained and driven. So probably half of these were, were written, you know, with the artists and the other half, you know, probably five of them might've been involved directly with the artists and four of them were pitches. I'm not sure I'd have to look, but um, there's been a, a blend of that. And like you said, um, all being with different artists, they're all kind of different types of songs, um, just all catered to that particular artist or sometimes just catered to whatever song was in the room and somebody recorded it. So I know three or four of them were just pitches that, 
that found their home with the different artists that put them out. Crazy. Do you um do you ever get disappointed? Are there ever <laughs> yes, that that's the problem, right? Yeah, daily. Um I was listening, somebody somebody was asking me for a song for a certain artist uh yesterday, and I was like, Oh man, I probably got fifty of those and went through and I kept listening. I was on the beach and it's been a good time to listen back and realize how terrible some of these songs actually are. But I was, I was sitting there listening like, okay, that one's probably not, probably wouldn't send that. That one kind of sucks. Uh, I suck, you know, by the end of the hour, listening back to songs. It's like, ah, I mean, no matter what, we all, I think everybody in our community is always striving for, you know, more and more, you know, just a better level of creativity or songs that we, that we think are even better when we listen back to them. So, you know, I get disappointed sometimes a single, you know, somebody puts out a song that I was hoping was mine or, um, for my writers, that same thing happens or we try to launch a couple of artists and it takes a little longer than usual um, to get stuff going. But, but no, overall, I'm very fortunate. Uh, you know, try to stay positive and, and, and I realize how blessed uh, that we've been as a company and I've been as a writer last year. Tell me about, you know, when we last taught the publishing company was really starting to take off. Obviously, you had had, you know, a, a few hits by your writers, but it feels like a lot of things have grown. Tell me about Tape Room and everything that's gone on in the last two years. Yeah, we've got um, we've got 10 writers now, uh, which is awesome. Um, four of those are artist project writers, meaning that, you know, two of them we already have a record deal for. The other two, that's what's next on the docket is to try to, you know, join forces with a major label. We have Avenue Beat and Connor Smith, who are both signed to Valerie, uh, part of Big Machine. And then we've got Hunter Phelps and Jordan Rowe, who are uh, very different artists, but we're just helping them kind of A&R their records, figure out, you know, how to craft the song, set up their calendar and all that. That's been really fun. So four of those are, um, you know, artist writers. The rest of them are either top liners or producer writers. And, you know, we got to last month, we got to send around a tape room turns 21 thing, which was like a six pack, like we just turned 21 years old, uh, a little thing that had, a had our 21 number ones that we've gotten as a company, not counting any of my own songs, which is cool. Um, you know, that we've had in the last few years, which was a big, you know, a big success for us. And I, I was just really thrilled at the new writers that we signed that were able to do that again, not counting, not counting me as a writer on those songs at all. So that was kind of a big landmark for us to be able to celebrate, uh, just last month. It's crazy, man. Do you like the business side as much as you like the creative side? I do. Yeah. I, I like when they mesh, you know, I like making good business decisions uh, that fuel the creative side as best as possible, you know? So I'm always going to be a creator and songwriter at heart, but I love digging into, digging into contracts and doing a, uh, you know, good publishing deals and helping people, you know, sell a catalog or doing any of that stuff. You know, I technically have a business degree from college, you know, I can't read music. So I'm probably just as suited to do that as, as the other. So, um, I try to, you know, I try to help any of my friends that are trying to, to do something like a catalog sale or publishing deal or whatever, and, and give them any knowledge I have, but I, I do enjoy the business side. Nothing can fuel the fire that the creative side can, but, uh, I have, I have a really good time kind of playing, playing both sides. Yeah. I find that a lot of the best songwriters are also the best business people. Um, one of the things that we talk about a lot with our, our publishing company is that, you know, looking for entrepreneurs, um, that's who we're looking to sign because there are tons of writers out there, but finding people who make things happen is it's sort of a different. Yeah. 
Um, do you find that your writers are now trying to branch out and they're doing their own joint ventures with you? Is that what happens? Is there like yeah. a- you know, with with some of them, I mean, a lot of them are really like you said. Some some people are really good business people. Other writers I have, I mean, they want to see who they have on their book. They trust us implicitly, and they want to go do the best job they can and go to the red door after work. You know what I mean? So it, it just depends on what kind of creator you are. But uh, Zach Crowell is the one that brought Connor Smith to us. He's one of my writers that produced Sam Hunt, wrote Body Like a Back Road. He's had three number ones this year. Um, he was my first signing, actually, but he he he's the one that kind of found and started to work with Connor Smith. And so we did a, a co-venture publishing deal on him. That's the first one that I've done with a writer, you know, like another split kind of venture like that. But um, I know other ones, the more success they have, they're starting to think about that. Yeah. That's an alumni of and the writer is also. That's right. That's right. Um, the do you go into sessions writing from a business perspective? And I mean that in the sense that, you know, like uh, Savin and J Cash in the pop world are brilliant at looking at an artist and knowing what they need and and accurately writing that. I, I feel like sometimes I know what they need and I I'm, don't necessarily hit the target. Is that why you're able to right. hit the target? Is because you're able to say, you know what would be great if, you you know, Luke Bryan or whatever. Tom Fred needs this kind of song. Let's go aim for this kind of song. Is because it would that would help the brand of that artist. Do you do you yes that how you write? Yeah, I've worked with Jay Cash and Sovin. We are similar, I think, in that way. And it doesn't take the creativity away because sometimes we still take chances and completely miss. You know, go go left field and totally miss. But for the most part. Um, I do, I do think about that. It doesn't like dominate the right, but it's always in my head um, to think as if I'm them, meaning I think about the show a lot, which uh, country artists think about the live show a ton. So I think, of, okay, how would, this, how would this come off in the show? What would people, how would people's reaction be if you put this in the set tonight? You know, I'll go out and tour with some artists for a weekend just to get a sense of, you know, what's working, you know, what could possibly be missing. And, and I'm, I'm fans of these artists, so I know their albums inside out. So all that stuff kind of plays into the creative process. And, I'm, and they trust me with that a lot, which is really cool. Um, you know, I'll get brought in knowing, you know, they know that I know their stuff and that I, I may be able to bring an angle of something they haven't done before or a type of song that um, they don't have in their repertoire yet. And that I pay attention to the shows and go out and really try to, you know, do my homework, so to speak. You write a lot of songs for uh, a lot of male artists cut your songs. Not that female artists don't cut your songs. Right. You have a lot of male artists. Why is that? Is that intentional? Is that sort of? Do you always write from a male perspective? No, no, no. My my first um, several of my first few hits ever. My first hit was on Carrie Underwood. You know, this total girl uh, song about growing up and leaving home. You know, so. I've had several things with Carrie. I just had a song on Kelsey Ballerini album and the Carly Pierce album that came out. And so I think it's just the unfortunate uh, reality that there's not as many female artists as there are, as there are male artists uh, that are working in the country format. I love actually writing female songs open up, opens up the melodic scope a little bit more, you know, the range a little more kind of what you can say. Um, you know, as you know, in pop, there, there's so many females and, and I feel like there's such a variety that you can pull off when you're writing for for the brilliant female artist base. You know what I mean? So, so for me, um, 
it just happens to be that who I end up, you know, having the majority of songs with is also the, you know, gender that has the majority of the charts, which is the males right now in country. Uh, do you feel like you've ever been pigeonholed because of, I feel like it's almost impossible to pigeonhole somebody who has so many cuts with so many different kinds right. of, are there certain artists where you're like, man, it'd be great if I got to write only with Willie Nelson for six months, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes. I, I try to keep from being pigeonholed. I love when people say, man, I didn't know you wrote that. You know, where they can't really pick out what I'm doing because I'm doing a melody that's different enough to where they don't think, you know, sometimes they'll be like, oh, I could tell you wrote that. And I'm like, oh, what is it? Is that a compliment or no? I can't tell, you know? Um, so, so sometimes I like when it's like, oh my gosh, you wrote the new whatever. I didn't, I didn't know that. I love that song. So I like, I like when that happens. Again, I, I try not to get pigeonholed. I would say that because I've had a lot of commercial radio success that sometimes the albums like um, that are more, you know, Grammy albums, singer songwriter, or the more um, old school country, people have forgotten that I have, you know, that I've had songs by George Strait and Reba and, you know, Kenny Chesney and Kenny Rogers and all, all kinds of, you know, of, of songs that I'm really proud of that are um, more of a storytelling old school country format. So I try to run the gamut. People that really know me know that I can uh, hopefully do whatever and adapt to whatever they want to do. Every now and then, um, you know, there's somebody that isn't necessarily trying to invite me or really any anybody else into their into their camp. They kind of have it covered with their boys that came to town with them and their friends, and they just kind of do what they do. And I, I never get jealous of that. I never get frustrated that um, that I'm not on the Luke Combs albums. I'm not needed there. That I'm not on the Eric Church albums. He's got his thing is so dialed in and so great, and and we know each other. But that's not a project. You know, I feel like they're missing anything for that I would need to be a part of. So um, most of those artists I'm not involved with, we still know each other. And in its respect, it's just something where I can't get to everything and I'm not needed for everything. I'm not, you know, I don't always have the missing piece. Do you have a ceiling of success that is there some is there a level where it's for you? You feel like that that's that's either the end game or I will, you know, I'll never get this writer did or is it are you is uh, able to just to keep setting records i mean what what is the goal um besides the you know the workaholic nature of of needing uh, to create all the time you know, yeah what, my, my my goal i don't have numbers in mind i didn't know that you know, the things I'm getting now, like whatever ASCAP Writer of the Year or these triple play awards, they're very cool, but I never in the beginning or, or throughout the my career knew that those were a thing until somebody told me I got one, you know what I mean, or until they start happening. So those those were never the goal. My goal was always just to not have a real job for as long as possible, yeah. you know, uh, and, and to love what I do for as long as possible. So for me, that's taken adding some hats, you know what I mean? Co-producing some things, signing some writers. It also takes doing things outside of music. You know, I, I, uh, I try to develop some different education things for kids or for coaching methods or different classes that I'd love to, to come up with, you know, here in a few years. So there's so many things I want to do. For me, it's just always having something else to strive for and not, you know, once, once I think I'm just kind of spinning my wheels or I'm just being repetitive or doing the same stuff or, you know, that I'm, I'm not getting the high out of it that I used to, then I'll probably, uh, you know, begin to branch out into other stuff. But I'm not there yet. As long as I love it, as long as I get as excited as I do over either hearing a song on the radio or finishing a song that I love or hearing a crowd sing it, sing it back live, then I, you know, I'm not planning on uh, slowing down. 
I know we talked about this in your interview, but one of the difficult parts for songwriters who work a lot is balance. And, um, you know, it seems like you've always mastered the balance, at least uh, externally, but it's, it's a good refresher. How do you balance your life? Oh, man. Well, I mean, I don't always, you know, there's sometimes that I don't give enough uh, time to my wife or to a relationship with a friend or my kids or whatever. It's not, I definitely don't have it all figured out. If somebody thinks they do, they probably don't. But um, I, I'm, I try not to, I try to make writing as nine to five as I possibly can if I'm at home, if I'm in Nashville, meaning I get started and try to get home. I try not to miss a ball game uh, so they know they're uh, the priority. And I try not to be, you know, on my phone working or like I don't run out to the studio at 7 p.m. because I have an idea. So I'll either get back up at 10 p.m. and, and work on something or I'll, uh, you know, just start something earlier or work faster or, or miss an opportunity here and there. There's been runs I get invited on. I was invited to go out with a big artist uh, for spring break and was tempted to cut it short a couple of days, but just couldn't do it. You know what I mean? So just little decisions like that that shouldn't even be that tough to make. But because we all love creating so much, um, sometimes they are. So just trying to trying to really think. And my wife is a great um, gauge of those things. You know, like when it's like, hey, I was thinking about doing this. And it's like, oh, yeah, you should totally do that. You know, this summer, um, I'm going to go out um, on some tours. And, and it totally worked out. I was like, hey, I don't want to be gone all summer. But what about this? And we talked about it. And I, I take several days off in the summer to be home with the with the family and do stuff with them. So then there's going to be a few runs I go on. So it's again, like you said, it's just kind of a balance of not getting addicted to the work so much that it consumes me, which is kind of the, the struggle, right? For all of us. So, um, I love being with family. I love being down here and I'm, I'm not missing, missing writing this week, even though I know I have people doing it. Uh, I don't have too much FOMO cause it's beautiful here and, and I'm just having a good, you know, a good time with them. And also, you know, this week is a, is a very serious week. So it's a, a big time to talk to them about what's going on in the world and things are out of our control. And I try not to miss opportunities to, to do that, to sit with them and talk about things even more important than music. So um, again, I fail a lot, but I, but I try to keep everything in check as much as I can. Yeah. I think one of the things you said that's um, clearly notable with, uh, with writers right now is almost assuming everyone's healthy, you know, there's almost a relief. Um, you know, there's this relief, the fact that there's no FOMO. You know, only, only a few writer, artists can actually write via Zoom and yeah. fewer of them can record vocals. Yeah. We don't know how long this is going to last, but right. yeah, that everything has to slow down is almost, it's almost a breath of fresh air for a, a community and, and a generation of people who are living off of more and more and more new, 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 fast, 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 you know? It's yeah, true. Yeah, it, it's such an odd, challenging thing to not go congregate and to not, you know, run, run, run all the time. It's really unfortunate. I know several people that have lost jobs and, and they're struggling and uh, it's really, really tough. So all we can do is pray for them, help, the, help them out when we can. And, and I think at least my team, we all realized there was a text going around yesterday, all realizing just how fortunate we are to be at a job where the pay you know, doesn't stop. They can do their job from home. We, uh, we've been going through songs. We've been checking in on the writers just personally, which is cool to take a minute and do that. 
and that's been great. And also, you know, they've been kind of going through some songs and talking about things we can send around to artists that are just hanging out at their house. You know, they're wanting to, hey, send me some stuff, you know. So everybody kind of slowing down is, it's been really, really tough for the world, for us creatively. Um, it's been, a, you know, it's been a good thing to, to just kind of take a step back and do that. So again, we've been sending songs to pitch. We've been finishing songs we forgot about. Um, so that kind of stuff's been good here in the last couple of weeks. Crazy, man. What a, what a weird time. Um, it's crazy. At least you have a, a nice view of the ocean for the next week or so. I hope so, man. There, of course, we're kicked off the beaches. We sneak out there. Don't tell anybody. But uh, don't tell the uh, sheriffs, but we sneak out there once it gets dark and, and play, a little, play a little spike ball. Ashley Gorley gets, uh, gets arrested for sneaking out on a beach during a Dude. Court. Yes, yeah. It's like I had to finish the game, and I'm just getting yeah, locked up. Who's the best spike ball player in your family? Oh, well, I mean, one of the teenagers for sure. Probably my daughter is pretty good. I've gotten beat several times. I can hold my own in the cornhole games, but uh, spike ball, I'm still getting used to how to play that. I just got introduced to it last week, so I got a little uh, catching up to do. There, do you play all out, or is it one of those things where you're, ah, I can let them win, and then you realize that they're going to win anyway? <laughs> no, I go all out. My, kid, my kids are old enough now where, yeah, I'm not, uh, I'm not sheltering them from loss, put it that way. I'm going as far as I can. Okay. Well, thanks for, uh, for checking in with everybody and doing this update. And, uh, you know, let's, let's hang out over the next few weeks, FaceTime, anytime you want. Yeah, let's do it, man. All right. Cool. Best wishes, man. Tell everybody, everybody stay safe and healthy and, uh, soak up this time with your families and, and just, um, Stay sane over there. <laughs> Dave, love to you guys. Yeah, man, you too, bud. Thanks. See you. Thanks for listening to this episode of And The Writer Is. If you want to hear music from this songwriter I just interviewed, be sure to check out our Spotify playlist or visit our website at andthewriteris.com. If you like what we're doing, please subscribe to us You can also like us on Facebook and Twitter. And the Writer Is is produced by Joe London, edited by Miles Bergsma, and published by Big Deal Music. A special thanks to David Silverstein from Mega House Music and Michael White. Until next time, this is Ross Golan. for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank linkedin helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role in a given month over 70 percent of linkedin users don't even visit other leading job sites so start looking in the right place with linkedin you can hire professionals like a professional post your free job on linkedin.com people today Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. 
Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.